Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Uh, I want to let you know who I am a little bit first. So my name is Ryan Clift. Uh, I am a son, first of all, to Tom and Donna. Um, and I have three older brothers. Um, I am a husband uh, to Elise. I've been married for coming up to 12 years. Um, and she is uh, a very special young lady. Uh, I feel like I've experienced more of the kingdom in that relationship and more of God's love in that relationship than anything yeah, else. Um, so that's been a gift for me. I, I'm a father as well. I have three children. Uh, I have Eli, who's six. He just played his first game of rugby league yesterday for uh, the Lower Mountains Eagles. Um, and he was gorgeous. <laughs> the six-year-old played in rugby league and he's never played it before. He hasn't even been to a training session, but anyway. And uh, yeah, it was just brilliant. Uh, I have a daughter named Taya. Uh, she's four. Um, and she is a very creative, very strong young lady. And, uh, then I have another son called Xavier and he's two. Um, I am a cabinet maker by trade. So I like to tinker and make things with my hands, um, build kitchens and bath, uh, vanities and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, in about, I think it was 2010, I, uh, be, took on the role of, or was, allowed to take on the role of uh, youth pastor at Tweed Heads Church of Christ. Uh, so that's where I'm from. That's my, my hometown up that end of the coast. Um, I worked there for seven years as a youth pastor. Um, then in 2017, uh, my family and I, we made the shift uh, to Blacksland, um, Church, Blacksland Church of Christ in the mountains. They were going through some changes um, and they decided to, uh, they wanted to employ someone to go on mission and plant something new. Um, and I, when I asked them about what that looked like and how that they, you know, they expected that to happen, they said, we don't know. Um, just go do that. Um, so that was, uh, that was a, an interesting invitation. I quite like adventure and exploration. So that was, uh, very tantalizing to me as well. Uh, so now we're in 2020. Um, we've lead, I'm leading something called Resurrection Network. Um, I'll describe it as a, it is church, but it's not necessarily the way we always normally do church. Um, the heart of Resurrection Network is what it talks about. It's a, it's a group. Uh, it's different groups and individuals coming together around Jesus in bringing life. Uh, real simple. Um, Jesus is the resurrection and the life, yeah? Um, and so we want to partner with him and bring in life. And however that looks in different ways, shapes, and forms, it may look like church. It may look like um, a house church or a church in the park. Uh, it may look like a creative expression where people get to experience that resurrected life. And people themselves can, because that's where it starts with us, right? And that's come of the values. And I'm going to be using these values today as we ex- explore what real love is, because the biggest thing about this thing called Christianity, I think, is it revolves around relationship relationship with God, relationship with each other, um, and relationship with the world. And so that's the, we're going to be looking at today. So we'll get into that, uh, in a second. Can we pray though? Is that all right? Of course it is. Silly question. (laughs) Uh, dear heavenly father, 
Thank you for today. Holy Spirit, as we've been singing uh, about your presence being with us, please come and help us. Please be present to us, in us, and around us. Jesus, you are the way maker. You bridge the gap. And so, God, where we struggle in this moment and today, would you continue to bridge the gap? Bring your resurrection in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, guys, yeah, let's jump in. We've been looking at real love, yeah? Uh, You guys have had a few uh, weeks on this already. Um, Can we jump to the next slide, Blakey? So this is it. This is the context. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. it, It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Did you get that? Simple, hey. <laughs> so how you been going with this so far? Just a quick, uh, how, the, the Love Is series. Has it been easy? Has it been good? Bad, challenging. Hands up if you've been challenged. Okay, great, great. Who finds love easy? No, no, yes, sort of, sort of. Who enjoys love? Okay, isn't that interesting? When we ask who enjoys love, most people put their hand up. Is it easy? Mm. <laughs> we know this to be true, right? And this is a, it's a tricky thing, this love thing. And today we're going to be zooming in. Just go to the next slide, please, Blake. I've got given verse 6. Does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And so this is the image I've got of today is like this love thing. It's massive, right? It's like God is love. Um, and the way it plays out and it influences our lives in so many ways. But today we've got this little handle. We're going to grab a hold of love through this lens. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And we're going to pull that through our lives. My plan today is we're going to have a little look at this verse and just tweak, have a look at a couple of the trickier words uh, so we know what, get a bit more meaning. And then I'm going to pull it through our lives and our relationships, right? Um, and I thought, let's use these, these values of it starts with our relationship with God, yeah? Uh, that's where the love is experienced first. And then we go to our, I'm going to go to our relationship with each other in the body of Christ. Um, and then we're going to relationship with basically everything else. So all those outside the kingdom or the whole of creation, you could extend it to. Does that make sense? So it's all about relationship. All right, let's jump to the next slide, Blake. Okay, so doesn't does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Now, injustice. I don't know when I first read that word, I was like, all right. So we're in the court of law, and we've got to make a decision about what's just and unjust. And there's a right and a wrong. Yeah. Um, but it's not just that. It's, it's, it doesn't rejoice in evil. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, unrighteousness. And they're all linked, these words. But they just, I think the idea of when you read that word injustice, just to be able to hold a bigger picture of what uh, Paul's getting at. Does that make sense? 
Next word is truth. Now, many postmoderns, um, even going back to what is his name, Pilate. You know, when Pilate's talking to Jesus, and and Pilate says, "What is truth?" Have you heard that today? What is truth? Your truth and my truth. It's you know, there is no absolute truth, is there? Well, in the context, going back to the Greek word, it, it was synonymous with the reality or the way things are. Okay. The other helpful piece in this, I trying to identify truth, is it's the opposite of illusion. Now, the reason I want to point this out as helpful is if we rewind back to the the beginning creation story. I'm just going to do a little snapshot. Everything's well, right? Everything's good, or even very good, once Jesus finishes creating. However, Satan comes, or the the serpent comes, and he just just whispers a little lie. He sort of creates the illusion that God isn't who he says he is and you aren't who he says you are. Does that make sense? And so it's a really helpful piece with where there's illusion. And don't get me wrong, Satan's going to try and get you to believe the absolute opposite of what is true. But if he can't get you to believe that, he'll just, well, a half truth will do. Because anything that will stop you living in the fullness of what God's come to, to give you in life. Does that make sense? So we're trying to bust through this illusion piece. And here's the context. This is a passage that is about love. Does that make sense? Yep, love. (sighs) For me, Jesus is love. And that picture of the cross. And here's the thing I want you to, uh, I want you to practice. And actually, can I ask permission? I, I can be a little bit different in the way I preach and communicate. And I might ask you to do some things. I won't get too adventurous. But can I ask for just a little, like, if I, if you're okay with that, just give me a little thumbs up, like a permission to be just a little bit weird. Is that okay? Okay. Cool. Can I invite you just to stand up real quick? All right. First thing is, so here's, here's what we're going to be talking about and pulling through today. Everyone hold up your hand like this in front of you. And look at, probably everyone look at me. Get your fingers, see this? This is your measuring stick. Now, I want you to line me up. I'll try and get a little bit further away from you. And just see if you can get me between your fingers. Does that make sense? Do you see how that's, we can walk around life doing this with everyone we see. Judging you. Seeing, yeah, where do you measure up? Yeah, okay, they, they, yep, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Does that make sense? All right. And do you know what? That's actually a pretty easy way to live life because you can live life at a distance. I don't have to engage. I can just judge. Yeah? But we're talking about love. Can you do this? So, um... Got the, we've, that's my introduction. Let's, let's get into it. Sound good? All right, we're going to start with our relationship with God. And there's two, there's two people in the relationship with God. Who are they? You and God. Simple, hey. So can I ask you, if we're talking about truth, we're rejoicing when the truth wins out. How do you see yourself? Or, how do you see God? Because if this is a little bit skewy or tainted, if the, if the enemy's had a chance to create some sort of illusion about who God is, some of the illusions we believe is that God's just the rule maker. He doesn't give a rip about me. He's just laying it out from a distance. Does it make sense? He's the policeman. He doesn't care about my heart. He actually just cares if I get it wrong or right. Some of the things we might believe about ourselves is that actually I'm worthless. 
I'm, I'm junk. You don't know me. You don't know what I struggle with. You don't know what I do when no one else is around. And if he did, and if he, he did, he surely he cannot love me. Does that make sense? And I want to tell you, these are lies. Alex, can I, like, I was going to ask Blakey, but can you come be a helpful volunteer? Going to be, uh, got a picture. So first thing is, can you chuck this shirt on for me? We're going to layer him up a bit. So in the beginning, God created man. And after he made man, in this case, he made Alex. Uh, what did he say about his creation? It was very good. All right. But then what happened? Another shirt. <laughs> layers upon layers. You actually work really well for this illustration. I'll, I'll explain later. Um, you couldn't have dressed better. <laughs> All right. So sin enters. The, the pure, the white, the innocent, the clean. We all, we've used this white color in, in Sunday school forever about how this is, this is how we were made and this is what Jesus lives. Now, this is the human condition. It's, there's this sin piece, right? There's still, Alex, I'll just because I won't touch you, but there's still that white bit under there, yeah? But the sin is coming. It's separated creation from its creator. Yeah? Okay, so what does Jesus do? He takes away the sin. Now, first sick question. As Je- Jesus looks at Alex, does he love him? Yes. Now, qu- next question. As Jesus looks at you, does he love you? Do you accept his love? Sometimes. Thank you for the honesty. <laughs> it's easy to say yes. But when we're confronted with our own failures, how hard it is to accept it and go, but God, I let you down again. I've been around this merry-go-round so many times and I feel like I'm never getting off God. How can you still love me? It's so hard to accept unconditional love. But God rejoices in truth because he knows who we truly are. Yeah? And so he says, come on, Alex. If you put your faith in me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that sin. And and I love you. We know this from Romans 8. While while we're still sinners, Christ came and died for us. And he goes, yep, I'm going to put it on there. Is that cool? Now, this is who we are. We're We're no longer a sinner. We're a saint. And I'm not saying we don't still struggle with sin. Sin comes up in our lives and it... Oh, we start to, we ongoingly are transformed. But here's the thing that I, I believe that I just want to point out, just in case this is you. Some of you have, have a theology that says that, hey, I'm covered by Christ, but underneath, Alex, what's underneath? I'm still a wretched man on the inside. Does that make sense? Let's leave that on. I just want to say that's, that's, the, that's the illusion, right? That's the enemy still going, you're a piece of junk. Is that right? You're not junk. He loves you and he made you and he knows you. Um, yeah, you can take that shit off. Thanks, man. So we're going to rejoice in the truth. This is what this verse says to do in this relationship. I'm going to rejoice in the truth that you are made right in him. And he loves you. Even if you don't know Jesus today, I want you to know that he loves you so much that he was willing to die for you just for the chance to know you. It wasn't for the guarantee that you would go and manipulate and go, I'm going to, you know, if I do this, you better do that. Do you know how you do that with your children? Well, I do anyway. I shouldn't. Trying to learn how to love them like Jesus, but it's really hard. (laughs) 
But it's like, it's this conditional love. I'll go in this far. You better come that far too. But he doesn't. He goes, I'm going all in. I'm putting my life on the line. I'm trying to bridge the gap just for the chance that you would know me. I think it's beautiful. This is love. All right. Next one. We're going to move into this, uh, this relationship with the body of Christ. Ah, uh, now just a quick question. Uh, turn to your neighbor. Um, have you ever disagreed with someone in the church before? <laughs> Leanne, did you snicker? <laughs> All right. While you're with your neighbor, just have a quick chat. What's the hardest thing about trying to love everyone in the church? I'm not just talking about this church, although that might be a challenge enough. I, know, I mean, you're all lovely people. Of course, but I don't know you, so I can say that. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what I mean is not just this church, um, the, ch- the church, the body of Christ. So just turn to your neighbor. What's the hardest thing about trying to love you know, the, the rest of the body of Christ? Alrighty. Anyone care to like, you don't have to, but I'm open to if someone's got one from the floor they want to throw out that makes it a bit tricky to love the body of Christ. Yeah. Okay. So we're still stuck back on point number one, right? (laughs) Jeez. And do you know what? That doesn't stop. In my experience, this is an ongoing thing because to love myself, I feel like I get to a point where I'm like, oh, I experience a new grace and a new love of myself. And then God goes, yep, and just by his grace, he holds a little bit or shadows me to see something that I haven't seen before. And then he goes, okay, now you're ready, Ryan. And here's a bit more to work on. I'm like, oh, dear. And then I realized that was there from the very beginning. He's just been kind enough to just not to dump it all on me at once like I might as a parent, unfortunately. No, I try not to. But, you know, like as we as humans can do, it's like we just point out everything that's wrong. Um. Yeah, does that make sense? Cool. Well, the, the context of the verse we're talking, the verse we're talking about is rejoicing in, in truth, um, and not when evil. So the thing about truth when it comes to the body of Christ is I'm going to be very, maybe a little bit general here. Um, and just say that most of the time I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> does that make sense? And I'm, I'm, and it's like, yeah, okay. But like in churches, we, we don't always agree theologically, right? We have different opinion. Um, even within churches, we struggle with this. Churches of Christ was founded on an idea that we want no creed but Christ because there's this division happening in churches and we just want to get back to the one truth that is Christ. It's a beautiful thing, but then people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do we define that one thing? Because, you know, they're what Christ? So there's even trickiness in trying to make it simple. And if here's the thing. If God wanted it to be like, Locked down, nuts and bolts tied. It was, he would have made it a bit easier, right? There is difference in the kingdom. And we, how we choose to engage that is really challenging. And I'm just going to let you know, I don't have an easy answer here. <laughs> I have, I have stories of hard experiences. This is one for me personally is, is challenging and it grieves me a bit as well because I know that the prayer of Christ when he's near the end of his ministry in John is that we would be one as he and the Father is one. And that is such a hard thing to, to, to do. And I tell you what, you're not going to do it by yourself without Christ. Just a little story for me is that um, 
at Tweed Church of Christ after I was in ministry for two years. There was a new senior minister came in and, um, and within 15 months, the church went through a split. Basically straight down the middle. I was a youth pastor and at that point, um, there was people coming to the youth ministry from both sides of the split. Um, I also had really, really good friends on both sides of the split. And it was painful. And it was heartbreaking. Um, no one wins, right? I'm just hearing my voice, head and I'm, I'm hoping it's God. It's love wins. <laughs> love wins. And what does love look like? I know it doesn't look like this. Standing at a distance, measuring people up and going, you're wrong, I'm right. When Jesus is on the cross, he knows the kingdom, the unadulterated, unsinful, the way it was meant to be. He was there. And I feel like he holds on to what it could be or what it is meant to be. And with his other hand, he holds on to the reality of what is, the brokenness, and he enters it fully. He opens himself. And I don't have a better picture except to invite you to do the same. And I'm not inviting you to an easy thing, right? thing but as Alex said and as you guys have all affirmed it has to rewind and go back to the first one because if you can't love yourself that's where it's going to come from that's what actually allows us to open ourselves did you know that when you are when you're secure in who God says you are he says to he says about me that I'm his beloved son and he says about you that you're his beloved daughters and beloved sons and that there's nothing that can take that away. Nothing. When we actually, we don't just get that in our thinking, but we get that in our heart. We're able to open ourselves in a way that I would say is inhuman. It's actually God who enables that. So that's my encouragement. Tough one though, hey? Next one. Relationship with the, what is it? The rest of the world. As we reach out beyond our, the body of Christ into those who don't know us, how do we actually bring love? Because that's what this is all about. But actually bring truth and rejoice where truth is. There's some, uh, there's some, people have some interesting ways of doing it. And I don't know whether you agree or disagree, um, with, uh, young Israel Falau, um, the way he's gone about some of his truth bombs, you might say. And, and I want to say, I don't know his relationship with God and what God might be. And there's all sorts of complications around that. But what I do want to say is there's some truth that he's speaking, but it feels like he's more like he's hurling a brick. Does that make sense? Rather than showing love. I had a situation um, in my life too where I was like, and again, I don't know. It was actually, I was involved in a serious car accident in 2010 that nearly ended my life. Um, not going to go into that story except that I was, at this point in time, it was the day of the accident. I was in an induced coma in the emergency. Um, my family's gathered around and they're, they're wondering whether I'm going to survive, basically. Um, and my dad, bless his heart, and I believe he, he, had, he felt like God was asking him to do this, but for me it was just not the right time. 
But he said to my brothers, who were all not in a relationship with God, he said, I'm glad it's Ryan in there and not one of you because then I'd be really scared because he knew I had a relationship with God. And there's some truth in that, right? But, man, I just I, I want to cry because what, what, did my brothers need that at that point in time? That's what I mean. We can hurl it like a brick, <laughs> but we can actually bring truth in love. What does it look like? I'm experimenting with this, guys. I, 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 and I'll, I'll give you some stories from the road. Um, I work, so my job, it allows me to work kind of wherever in the community, which is awesome. I end up working at the cafe where I see Vanessa a lot um, of recent times anyway. Anyway, there's a chef that works there. Um, and at the moment, the last couple of months, she's been working on a new menu. Um, and you should see her come alive with this job of creating a new menu and getting excited about the different things she's going to put on and the different ingredients she can use. And, and it was just a joy to sit with her and go, hey, Gabs, do you know that like when this creative piece, this is, this is how God's made you. And do you know you're creative because he's creative? And to see her light up and go, oh, thanks, right? And see her actually positively respond to God. Does that make sense? We can actually call out the truth and encourage people. We don't have to smack them in the face with where they're going wrong. We can actually draw them in. And I think the church, generally speaking, again, has done a really poor job of doing this. Uh, We're much quicker to point out right and wrong rather than to enter relationship and show love. Again, we're much quicker at staying at a distance and going like this. It's easier, guys. But Jesus does this. I'm not saying there's, there is never a right time to point out truth that will cause upset. But I'm just saying do it with God. <laughs> um. Mm. Love is costly, hey. I just wanted to finish with this. Bring back to simple truth. This is just an encouragement. This is from the uh, Jesus Storybook Bible. Melts my heart. If you have, if you're an adult, get a copy. It's uh, really good. If you don't have any kids, that you need one. Some of the ways it's written in here, just things are really simple. Have a listen to this. They nailed Jesus to the cross. Father, forgive them, Jesus gasped. They don't understand what they're doing. You say you've come to rescue us, people shouted, but you can't even rescue yourself. But they were wrong. Jesus could have rescued himself. A legion of angels would have flown to his side if he'd called. If you were really the son of God, you could just climb down off the cross, they said. And of course they were right. Jesus could have just climbed down. Actually, he could just said a word and made it all stop. Like when he healed the little girl and he stilled the storm or he fed the 5,000 people. But Jesus stayed. You see, they didn't understand It wasn't the nails that kept Jesus there. It was love. Make sense? It was love. And just that last line, you see, they didn't understand. 
It wasn't the nails that kept Jesus there. It was love. I want to say to you and to me that as we try to live this love, it may not make sense all the time, especially to those looking on. And that's okay. I'd say I encourage you to choose love. Mm. We just have a couple of moments of quiet and we just might uh, wait on God and see uh, where we go to next. Is that all right? The thing I'm getting impressed on at the moment is that um, love is not passive, it's active. And so just as a way of responding, um, and this is invitation, I just want to invite you, and it may look like maybe it's about your relationship with God and your own identity with him or his identity. Maybe it's about the relationship with the body of Christ, or maybe it's about the relationship with those who don't know Jesus. Or maybe there's just one particular relationship you're going, God, I actually need your help with. Just as a, a uh, because love is active as a, an action. Again, um, we talked about this, not this. Um, <laughs> if you're willing, I just want to invite you, if you want to choose this way, and I, here's the thing, you might not know how to love. You don't know how to how, have it all figured out. But you, the good news is you don't have to because you know the one who does. Just know the one who does. That's Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.